people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Little Victor, <laughs> as most people know me or should know me, Smoke Signals, big movie. I was in it. Don't leave. Don't go. Hey, come on, Dad. Don't go. That was pretty good. If your dad was just leaving to the store to get you a fucking slush. He's leaving your life forever. He is leaving you and your mother alone. And he's moving to Arizona. And he's going to be living in a little trailer next to his new girlfriend who he's not sleeping with? I don't think so. This is going to haunt you for the rest of your life, okay? Again. Hey, folks. Welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I'm talking with editor Sarah Taylor all about the new film, Hey, Victor which she was the editor of. She has done a lot of great work over the years, and she also has a podcast. Definitely check that out, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Can you tell me about your background? How did you even get into filmmaking? (laughs) So I've actually been a film and television editor for just over 20 years now. I started back, I went to a local community college here in Edmonton, Alberta, and We learned a little bit of everything in a program called Digital Arts and Media, and I took on editing one of the projects and then was in the edit suite for 10 hours straight and didn't realize that I was there for so long. So I thought, I think maybe I like this. So then I pursued an editing career. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, it worked out okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Have you always been editing offline or do you ever do any like actual film editing? I did tape to tape editing in my first gig. (laughs) Which was horse races. That's my first job in the industry was working in the horse race facility, which is wild to think about that. So we do the replays tape to tape. But I didn't haven't gotten to cut on a Steinbeck yet. I've cut I've used film, but it's been transferred. So I've cut with film footage, but not actual cutting of the film. So maybe one day it's on my list. Where were you that you were cutting these horse races? We have a local Edmonton, Alberta, Northlands horse racing. Yep. <laughs> Okay. And then you said that you do a podcast as well? Yeah, I actually, I have I host two podcasts. I host a podcast called The Editor's Cut, which is all about editing. So that's my main... So it's weird actually to be on the other side of somebody asking me questions about editing. And then I also host, I co-host a podcast with my sister, Heather Taylor, who's a writer-director. And we, it's called Brains with Three A's. And we talk about how our minds are portrayed in film and television. Things like anxiety or OCD and like, how is it? How do we see it on TV? So is it right? Is it wrong? And we break things down like that now would there be like a typical episode of the editing podcast or is it just different subjects every single week yeah every week we have a different editor talking about their either their career or we have a topic like today actually we released an episode with the two editors from the last of us which was very fun quite enjoyed talking to them (laughs) that's fantastic and that's great that you get to brainstorm and hear other people's opinions about your own industry oh it's amazing like i feel like i learned so much getting to just talk to editors and sometimes when i'm looking for guests 
I see a movie or a show that I really like and I'm like, go cut that. I'm going to talk to them. I want to know what they were thinking. And then I get to talk to them and it's amazing. How did you get involved in Hey Victor? Hey Victor was shot in Edmonton. And so one of the executive producers reached out to me and I came on board after they were finished filming. And so I said, yeah, sure, I can fit it into my schedule and then got a giant box of hard drives. <laughs> I just started cutting. <laughs> that was my, yeah, I read the script prior to getting the footage, but I, yeah, I read the script and I was like, this looks funny. And I looked at some of the footage and was like, yeah, this, this will be fun. Now, when you meet with somebody who's offering you this job, do you talk about we want it cut in this style or do you say I picture that it'll be like this or do you just dive in and do what you feel is best? Yeah, so I read the script. They gave me the the, the rundown of its mockumentary style comedy. I have a background in documentary. A lot of my work in the last, I'd say, five years has been doc heavy. So I have a lot of doc experience and I used to cut sketch comedy shows. So I have both of the genres. So to me, I just read the script, went in knowing that we're going to be doing this kind of as if it's a documentary and just went with what the footage had, what the footage showed me. Yeah. What's your first step when you you see all of these hard drives? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to plug all these hard drives in into my computer at one time? So I got myself a little adapter, but that was the first step. The footage was already synced and proxies were made. So that was like a big step that I didn't have to worry about. The syncing can be the most time consuming. And because I wasn't there from the beginning, luckily they were doing that as they were going. So then I brought on this lady, Janelle Nickel, and she came and she took the drives and she went in and labeled every shot as to what the slate was, organized it by scene. And then once I got the organized project file, I just started at scene one and slow, slowly went through. What's your software that you prefer? I use Premiere Pro. That's my go-to like a second language now so i don't have to think about the software i just do what i my brain wants to do i just was messing around with photoshop and the new ai stuff have they started to introduce that into premiere as well yeah so not with creating video or anything at this point but definitely with transcriptions and being able to edit the transcription and I, there's a few like third-party plugins which as a podcast person you might be interested in this where i can go in if you're doing like a video podcast, you it'll cut between the two cameras of whoever's talking or it'll take out pauses, long pauses. And so the, now I do that when I cut my podcast, I drop in that and then it truncates my edit. It just makes things faster. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned your, is your podcast video as well as audio? No, but I could, but it's a capability if I want to. I do film, I do record the video and I use it for like reels and just like social media content. But. That's going to be amazing to just not even be involved in the production and just be given the all of these raw building blocks for you to now craft something completely new out of it. It was wild because typically it's like you get this giant mountain of footage. And if you're doing it from typically, if you start when they start shooting, you would be cutting the next day you get the footage and you just keep on keeping on. But then you have everything. And I was like, okay. Okay, how many scenes can I do in a day? And it's almost like a competition with yourself to see how fast can I do? How many scenes can I do? Because you have all this, like, I think there was, if I'm going to remember correctly, I could be completely wrong, 95 scenes? Maybe I'm making that number up. But it was just like very daunting at first to see, wanting to get it done, assembled as quick as possible so that you could just start really crafting the film. And I love the whole idea of using the original movie, using smoke signals as a counterpoint to what's going on and just our main character and where he's come from there and 
I just love the contrast of the simple, innocent times of that and versus where we're at now in his life. Yeah, it was fun. And there's like little things too, because I decided to rewatch the film because it's been a while since we finished. And now that now that it's completed with music and all the good stuff, it's like the icing on the cake. Just like catching some of the things that when you're in the midst of editing, maybe you're not looking at some of the details as closely, but when you step back and watch the whole thing, the truck is the same that Cody drives and he vectors the same color as the truck that his dad drove. So there's these little elements that really tie us in, which is just, yeah, it's extra special. What is your relationship with the folks that actually provide the soundtrack and the people that cut the audio and just all of the the sound effects and all that? So typically, it's interesting because in the States, it's different than what it's like in Canada. If in Canada, like I'll picture lock something, hand it off to the audio team, like audio post, and then I say bye, and then I go on to the next project. Where I know in the States, often an editor stays on till the end and they're in the sound, on sound stage and they're really like getting to be part of that. And it's just for some reason, I'd love to. I've done it a couple times where I've gotten to go into the sound mix and I've caught things that were like, no, that needs to stay or whatever. So not this one, I didn't do that, but I am pretty good friends with the sound team because I in Edmonton, we have one guy. Johnny's the guy. <laughs> we always go to Johnny. <laughs> so I am always in the loop of what's happening and stuff. I can't say I'm that familiar with the Edmonton film scene. What is it like? It's small, but we create some really amazing stuff. And I think because it's a smaller market, the people like I often work with the same people. So you have this special working relationship where you know what kind of files they need. You know what their quirks are of like, please never send me this or please make sure you do it this way. So you don't have to reteach each other every time you work with somebody. It's the same thing. And you just, here's a file and you're like, oh, it worked great. And then you go on your way. So yeah, we have some really strong players here. And it's cool too, because I feel because the market isn't as big, I find that from the editors I've talked to on my podcast, you often get pigeonholed into a certain genre. So if you've last cut a reality show, like you're the reality editor now. And so it's really hard to step out of your lane. Where for me, like I've gotten to do all sorts of stuff. Like right now I'm finishing up a web series. I'm on a feature doc. I'm about to start season two of a CBC docuseries. So like I get to do all sorts of cool stuff, which is amazing. So I'm lucky. Do you find yourself changing the way that you edit stuff based upon the genre that it is? Or is it just always, this is a Sarah Taylor edit. This is what I feel is best. It is always what my gut is. Like I always go with my instinct, but instinct, but I don't have, I would, I'd hope that if you watched something I cut, you wouldn't be like, oh, Sarah Taylor cut that because it should be what the film needs and what the film is. So it is by the genre of the film or whatever's written or how it's shot. Like you shape the footage you have. Are there particular tricks where you're like, okay, this is comic edit. So I'm going to do this versus a dramatic edit. Yeah. Just like speed pacing. Um, when you get the reaction, like I know in Hey Victor, Kate had the best reaction. So it's like, when do you go to Kate to like really emphasize maybe the joke or see the other side of the joke, like where it maybe didn't land because Kate's what the hell. And so, yeah, it's just going with the feel of the rhythm and the pacing when it comes to dramatic versus comedy. Is there any challenges when you've got somebody who's writing, directing, starring versus somebody who's just the director, just quote unquote, <laughs> just the writer, quote unquote, just the star. It feels like stars probably don't get too much input on edits, but writers, directors, especially directors do. Typically, I wouldn't really connect with the writer 
or the stars when I'm in the edit suite. So this was a unique process. And because we were cutting in the height of, I think, I don't know, was it Delta or Omicron? One of the variants that was intense. <laughs> so it was all virtual. And so there was days where we had Cody and who directed and then Sam, who was his co-writer, and two of the producers. We would all be in the edit virtually together. Now, we could never do that. We could try to do that in the edit suite, but like I cut out of my basement and I wouldn't be able to have four grown humans in my edit suite with me. It would be claustrophobic. I would be like, no, that's too many people. But it was great to have those people in the edit when we were doing it virtually. And maybe that was done on purpose, like maybe because Cody was really in it, like in it, starring in it. It's He wrote it, co-wrote it with Sam and he directed it. Like he's, maybe we needed those extra voices, but I, f- I felt that they really helped. I know when I write stuff, if I write it out, I put it in a drawer, I come back six months later, it feels like somebody else completely wrote it. I am much more able to criticize my own stuff. Do you find that when it comes to editing as well? Yeah, totally. Sometimes I'll rewatch something and be like, oh, I'd change that now. I would do that differently now, but I have to try to turn that part off. Once it's locked and it's out and it's done, like I can't do anything about it. It's over. But there's always, yeah, you watch it in a different situation. Like I was just at a screening for a, a feature doc that screened at Hot Docs this year and I'm watching it and it's a con- there's lots of comedy elements to it. Oh man, I should have let more space for laughter because everybody's laughing, which is great, but they you know, miss the next little step. But you won't always get that if you're not like I didn't I couldn't screen it in a theater of 400 people. But I when I screened it with 10 people, it was OK. So, yeah, there's always room to change, but you have to stop. You have to stop at some point. When did you lock Hey, Victor? Hey, Victor, stop. So we I finished because I actually had scheduling conflict so i couldn't take it to the very very end which was very unfortunate but so i would have finished in june so almost exactly a year and then i think they got one to picture like maybe a month after that but yeah so it's been a year since i really was digging in and then watching it back like there's still jokes that landed for me still like there's one line that is in the film that just cracks me up every time i watch it and i probably watched it like a hundred million times <laughs> did you get to see it with an audience no, I haven't seen it with anybody yet. I want, yeah, because it has our the world premiere is at Tribeca. So I haven't been able to, yeah, watch it with anybody yet. Are you getting to go to Tribeca? I wish I could, but I'm a busy editor and I have deadlines. I got some CBC deadlines going up. So I'm stuck in my edit sweep. Yeah. Tell me about some of the other projects you're editing right now. Working on a doc for CBC called Wilds of Canada. And it's not a comedy, it is about reconciliation. So it's a heavier topic, but it's really important work. So I'm really excited to see how we shape this and get this going. So I have a rough cut coming up, due coming up soon. So that's going to, that's on my list. I'm wrapping close to picture lock on a web series called Scout about a group of friends that start an online news channel. They're quirky and fun. And then in the summer, I'm starting season two of Push, which is series for CBC in Canada about a group of friends who are wheelchair users and just about their life living with disability. Oh, there and there's an, so there's another doc that's happening right now from the director of the Lebanese Burger Mafia, which is the doc that screened at Hot Docs, and it's also a comedy and it's gonna be really funny. But that I'm just starting that one anyway. I tried this. My goal this year was to do one project at a time, but I failed. <laughs> so things always get delayed and pushed back, and it is what it is. But I try. <laughs> so, is the best place for people to keep up with you and your work is that through your podcast, or do you have a website? 
I do have a website, Sweet One. Sweet One is an O-N-E, productions.com. Also, Sarah Taylor Editor on Instagram is where I'm most up to date. I don't have time to update my website as much as I like to, but yeah, Sarah Taylor Editor on Instagram is the best place. Sarah, if you ever want to come back on the show and be a guest co-host. and uh, I'd love it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I'd love to have you on. That sounds great. I uh, am excited to see what's next. And hey, Victor was fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Thank you. Smoke signals, smoke signals, is my message getting through? I hope you understand my smoke signals. I'm so much in love with you. I'm so much in love with you. Sit on my big reservation, watch them oil, we'll pump them oil. Lay around in an empty wigwam, never do no work or toil. Need them squalled, spend them money, buy them food and pay them rent. Soon I'll be too old to marry, then I'll be a buck well spent. Heap big wampum, many horses and canoe Buy a Cadillac and airplane if you let me marry you Make you queen of a reservation Give you plenty of food and drink Cover you with pretty fur skins That the white man call a me Smoke signals, smoke signals Is my message getting through I hope you understand my smoke signals I'm so much in love with you I'm so much in love with you Some wigwam, beat them tom-tom all night long Beat them squall to do them cooking Everything I do is wrong Say you'll be my kukulachi Come and live with me today Then this polecat won't be lonesome When it's time to hit the hay Smoke signals, smoke signals Is my message getting through I hope you understand my smoke signals I'm so much in love with you I'm so much in love with you. Ooh.